0: Wow, I thought yesterday's movie was uh, regrettable. You did. And then I watched today's movie.
1: Hmm, let's get into it.
0: Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Richard. Welcome to Daily Chit Chat. Join us every weekday as we talk about what's streaming, what we're loving, where we're going, and maybe some obscure references. Let's, Let's
1: chit-chat! Chat. This is called New Year's Eve, a 2011 American romantic comedy film directed by Gary Marshall.
0: Yeah, it's a mystery that a movie this weird was directed by someone like Gary Marshall, who I associate with, with good things, but um, what else has he directed?
1: Gary Marshall was the producer, screenwriter, and actor best known for creating Happy Days and its various spin-offs. He developed Neil Simon's 65 play, The Odd Couple, for television. He directed Pretty Woman, Beaches, Runaway Bride, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Mother's Day, The Princess Diaries, and The Princess Diaries 2.
0: I knew he had some good things in his resume, but I knew that he had this weird spot for these holiday movies that have no good reviews. Right.
1: I imagine that these films are carbon copies of different holidays based on the movie Love Actually. Do you feel like that?
0: Um... You mean because it's a a genre where you see a bunch of different characters and then you kind of see them connected to each other in possibly surprising ways.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I think that's where the format or genre of this type became most popularized. You can call them vignettes, right? But then like you say like a good improv show a long form improv show the short scenes can influence each other and combine together and also have interesting connections
0: the only movie that i've ever seen successfully pull off this style is a movie called playing by heart which came out in the late 90s Hmm. that's the only one that i've ever actually enjoyed of this uh vignette (sighs) style with a uh, a red a red piece of yarn connecting people on a bulletin board in the screenwriter's mind kind of style.
1: I might check that out then because I didn't hate this movie but I went in with very low expectations and I felt like the beginning of the movie and the middle of the movie weren't that interesting. But it kind of grew on me. And so by the end, I was actually a little bit emotionally invested. But I think I had to really gear myself into it by setting my expectations low. And then if it did anything successful as a movie, like proving that it is a motion picture, I would be satisfied.
0: This just confirms what you were saying yesterday, that there are really no good movies about new year's eve out there there are so many christmas movies to choose from people even like watching the hokey or the cheesy christmas movies that are you know maybe tv movies or whatnot but Mm -hmm. yeah if if a movie called new year's eve is maybe the biggest thing out there that's about new year's eve and it's and it's this one there's a real hole in the marketplace for good new year's eve movies
1: correct i think it would i would be remiss if i didn't just list the abundant amount of cast members this movie has so do you mind if i just recite a list
0: hit it rockapella
1: i had a little glitch but i'm gonna assume you said yes
0: i said yes in a very funny and clever way and i'm so sorry that you missed out on that we'll see if it if it came out in the uh edit or not.
1: Okay, so the list is Ba Ba Ba, Halle Berry, Jessica Beale, John Bon Jovi, Abigail Breslin, Chris Ludacris Bridges, Robert De Niro, Josh Dumal, uh Dumel, uh Zach Efron, Hector Elizondo. I'm bad at reading names, Katherine Heigel, Ashton Kutcher, Seth Myers, Leah Michelle, Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Paulson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Till Schweiger, Jake T. Austin, Hilary Swank, Sofia Vergara, and did you notice one that wasn't even listed? Um, We have Who's the Boss Girl and Charmed Actress. Herself, Alyssa Milano, also is randomly in this movie. Probably other people. I, I think that's like the short list of the cast
0: well yeah matthew broderick's in it who's sarah Jessica parker's husband cherry jones is in it who was Mm -hmm. with sarah paulson at the time so you've got a lot a little bit of like spouse partner of uh more featured actors making smaller appearances in it and
1: Uh, oh oh there's people that weren't on that that list too um yardley smith
0: oh my gosh yeah yardley smith
1: see i liked her she stole,
0: she stole the show
1: yeah that made that made up for a lot of the riffraff
0: yeah oh carrie elwes has a small part in it too
1: yeah so literally i named 100 names but there are closer to 200 people in this movie
0: yes i just did a quick census count of the movie new year's eve and yep It's coming in hot at 200 because we had those two babies that were born. So that pushed it. We were at 198 and then the two babies were born. 200 people.
1: Mm -hmm. And what about Ryan Seacrest?
0: Yeah. And Bloomberg. And Bloomberg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Seacrest plays himself. Bloomberg comes in and plays himself.
1: I was very surprised. I was like, they must have filmed this at last New Year's Eve. Oh,
0: Jim Belushi's in it too. A very small. Oh, Jim
1: Belushi opened the elevator
0: yeah oh a very brief cameo by penny marshall as well
1: yeah which is a gary marshall trait to put his sister in the films
0: well she's an actor so i'm not mad at it
1: yeah well and then gary marshall was in the film too i think he was the newspaper stand guy you know that was kind of wearing the baseball cap
0: really the guy that that lives in sarah jessica parker's neighborhood that was gary marshall yeah i know he's
1: in it yeah, he he when he got older his face changed a little.
0: Oh, that's what happens to people's faces when they get older.
1: Correct.
0: So, this movie this movie is centered around a bunch of people in New York City, the New York City area. And these people are all in love with and obsessed with the ball dropping and Times Square. That's their favorite thing. Yes. That's their favorite thing in the whole wide world is Times Square.
1: The stakes were so high. Um, I was joking about it earlier, but it kind of wrapped up in a sweet way. But when I was still halfway through the movie, I was telling Tristan, I mean, Hillary Swank is in charge of that ball getting being lit up getting up to the top so it can drop down. And boy, are these stakes high. When it shorts, short circuits, and can't be 100% lit up right at the beginning of the evening, oh boy, all of New York City turns on her and she has to do a public service announcement where she makes a very inspiring speech saying, I will get your ball lit up and (laughs) New Year's Eve will happen. Get that ball to drop. And I was like, this movie right now?
0: Yeah, Matthew Broderick plays her boss who comes in to scare her slash motivate her. I guess that's his management style. And he says everyone around the world is waiting and expecting this ball to drop. And I'm thinking there are so many time zones that happen before we get to the United States East Coast time zone. Everybody else is asleep. Like by the time it's midnight, so <laughs> I, I I don't think literally everybody in the world. And even as someone who lives on the west coast of the U.S., it's always just this thing when you're watching the nine o'clock news and they say, "Oh, and they and the ball just dropped in New York City. Here it is live." And you're like, "Okay, cool. Well, now I'm gonna watch my local New Year's Eve coverage." Uh-huh.
1: And since Kathy Griffin no longer does CNN with Anderson Cooper, that they now have a different guy. And what's his name? Andy Cohen.
0: I was hoping to be Andy Richter. That'd be way funnier.
1: I know. So Andy and Anderson.
0: uh, Oh, but they are friends with each other. I bet they have a good rapport.
1: Yeah, they have a good report. Sherry O'Terry showed up as dressed as Barbara Walters and just kept saying, This is twenty twenty. This is twenty twenty. And I was like, that's pretty good. But I but I selfishly just miss Kathy Griffin because she was my favorite thing to watch with Anderson Cooper for almost mm-hmm. ten years. But now I don't watch the ball drop, is what I'm trying to say. So it doesn't have high stakes for me either. Yeah.
0: yeah uh i don't think anybody in this movie really has any high stakes other than somebody really wants to die and a couple of people really want their babies to be born other than that yeah, no. being possibly the highest stakes of all in our in human existence there's really no other high stakes
1: yeah to see jessica beale v Uh, Sarah Paulson in a pregnancy battle who will have their baby at New Year's. I thought it was really odd that it was only just two of them too. Like they happen to be the only two preparing for a baby to be born and the only two that had babies. I'm like, that's not accurate.
0: Yeah. The only two women in New York who wanted to win $5,000 or whatever it was to have, have a baby. Yeah, we have all these different characters and some of them, we see their connections to each other. Some of them, I guess, it doesn't really matter. Oh, John Lithgow is briefly in this movie as well.
1: Yes, John Lithgow is in it too. Yeah, we keep remembering different actors that we see.
0: Because there are definitely the quote unquote stars of this film. And then there are other really recognizable names and faces who are just on screen for three minutes. Yeah.
1: Bizarro, Bizarro. I wanted to say that Halle Berry apparently was going to be Hilary Swank in this movie, but then she was going through a divorce proceedings and or custody battle. Well, that's a similar vein. She was going through a divorce and a custody hearing, so she dropped out from Hilary Swank's role. Then it got resolved, so she dropped back in as a completely different character, who is a nurse to Robert De Niro, who we find out later, spoiler alert, I'm going to just spoil things now. We don't really see anyone's connection for about an hour to an hour and a half watching the film, but then we realize Hilary Swank is actually the daughter of Robert De Niro and the reason they both connect so much to that ball dropping is because that's their tradition. And so his dying wish, he's been holding on till new year's just to see the ball drop that gets facilitated. Halle Berry is the nurse. Um, And then they did throw in some stuff that was like randomly Halle Berry's husband is in Afghanistan or Iraq or at war somewhere. I'm not sure in 2011 where he was, but he had to Skype in to, with her and her hot mama dress that they were like, Oh, where are you going? She's like, I have plans with my computer to show my husband my dress. So there was lots of emotional things. I thought maybe the most emotional thing for me was, I don't know. Why did I cry? I cried at some point. I remember crying.
0: Wow. Uh, was it when they figured out the perfect way to throw confetti? Just let it drift from your hand. Don't throw it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird. And that became a, a recurring joke in the bloopers. They were doing that too. They're like, no, don't, th- don't just throw the confetti. You have to guide it into flying. And I'm like, no one's practicing throwing confetti five hours before new year's. This
0: is how, you know, it was a a crap movie is that they purposefully shot bloopers. So Carla giugino who um she's been in a lot of other stuff but the only thing that comes to mind right now she was the mom in spy kids in those spy kids movies and uh-huh. so she plays the OBGYN to right. Jessica beale's character and then it's like any movie that purposefully shows bloopers during the credits it's like oh oh they just assumed everything was going to be so fun and whimsical so there's a blooper of when it's supposed to be the delivery of the baby and she purposely pulls out not one but two copies of the other gary marshall holiday film valentine's day so she pulls out one blu-ray dvd and then she pulls out another one Mm -hmm. and it was like oh you purposely did that and then there's another on purpose blooper where at the end of the movie Hillary Swank taking Robert De Niro, her dying father, kind of like slips him out to the rooftop of the hospital so they can watch that ball drop. Again, I guess he just immediately dies right after that. Um, and so then they show that scene, but in reverse. Robert De Niro is pushing Hillary Swank in the wheelchair and it's like, ha, ha, ha.
1: All the hygiene.
0: But um, I, I have only done you know, a little bit of filmmaking at the student level. And the main thing that really was drilled into my head is for everyone involved in front of the camera and behind the camera, try not to mess up, obviously. So part of the actor's job is like, know your lines, know your blocking, be prepared about where your character is going to be going emotionally. And then behind the scenes, you know, don't do anything that's going to delay production so make sure you know if you are working on lights your lights are set if you're working on sound your sound is set basically time is money so don't waste any time so then Mm -hmm. seeing them purposefully do these bloopers uh i i i scratched my head
1: unprofessional
0: but maybe gary marshall ran a real jokey set
1: it seems like he he was a fan of fun loving um So I will pose a problem that the movie is, it's a problem movie, and then I will give you a solution to how in 2020 or 2021, they can fix this type of story format. Okay. All right, so the problem is there are too many characters doing too many things and we're following so many storylines. Like we have Sarah Jessica Parker, who is a mother worried about her daughter. We have the daughter who's worried about kissing the uh, high school boy at New Year's. We have Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle stuck in an elevator, hijinks. Oh my goodness. We have the ball dropping problem. We have the guy dying problem. We have Zach Efron uh Michelle Pfeiffer wait, is that her name? Michelle Pfeiffer? All around town with her bucket list. And I assumed that we would find out at some point that she's about to pass away or something, but I don't know if they ever really explicitly said she was dying or if that's something that I, yeah. So I was like, is she dying? Is this why she wants to do her bucket list? And Zac Efron kisses her at midnight and she's like, I'm twice your age. And I'm like, you're three times his age. Stop lying. Michelle Pfeiffer, I don't know. Michelle
0: Pfeiffer is, like, 70?
1: (laughs) She probably is 70, right? No! (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Rude! So rude! (laughs) I'm not trying to be an ageist. She looked amazing. She looked younger in this movie than 10 movies previous that I've seen her in.
0: In, um, how does she turn into Catwoman? She gets bitten by a radioactive cat. Anyway, before she turns into Catwoman, she's like... Like this very like that. nerdy, reserved woman. That's who she was. This entire film. She was a very reserved. Oh yeah. Woman who was kind of frumpy. I wasn't mad at it though. But they never explained.
1: She's sixty-two. They
0: never explained why she had a change of heart. Um. So she's sixty-two right now.
1: She's sixty-two right now. So back then she was younger.
0: <laughs> so sixty-two, take away.
1: She was probably Nine twice as age.
0: Is uh she would have been fifty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: So I was being really mean and I didn't mean to be mean.
0: You were. I was are being mean.
1: mean. I'm sorry, Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm sorry. To no
0: good reason because I've never heard anything bad about Michelle Pfeiffer. No. She's the one who sang cool writer in Grease 2.
1: Yeah, a lot of people like Grease 2 better than Grease One because of Michelle Pfeiffer. And well, that's
0: ridiculous, but Cool Riders" is just a really good song. Yeah. Uh, now I feel bad. But yeah, they never say what mo- what motivated her character for this change. I would have accepted something like, I'm turning 50 next month. I don't want to live my life like this anymore. I would have accepted something like that. It didn't have to be that she yeah, was that
1: made more sense.
0: dying or, or something extreme.
1: I just thought... I thought we were gearing up for something like that, but we didn't get any good reason. She told John Lithgow, but I almost died today, which was a very comical scene where she's jumping in the street in front of a car and moves out of the way real quick and lands on a bunch of trash bags that are on the side of the road. Anyway, it was not clear, the motivation. The problem this movie causes is there's too many people we're following, too many storylines. And the solution I have is movies like this need to come out on Netflix as a series, and it'll be like Dash and Lily, where you have just different stories that you're following. And, you know, one episode can be Leah, Michelle, and Ashton Kutcher in an elevator. Good, we got one episode done. We have one episode of Zac Efron taking Michelle Pfeiffer around town. Good. We have the baby, the stupid baby plot as one episode. We have the the ball dropping episode. Uh, we have the hospital guy dying on New Year's Eve uh, episode. Then the finale episode can be actual New Year's Eve. Everyone can intersect. And you say, that was a fun Netflix series to watch. Not waste my time on a movie where I can't follow all the storylines that are in or betwixt.
0: But New Year's Eve has already been made. So you got to pick a new holiday for this concept of yours.
1: Sure. Oh, what's the other plot? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker wrote her name on a napkin last year to the rich guy who, you know, you're going to meet me in one year, something.
0: I, t- I taught Josh Duhamel
1: she made a dress for the occasion.
0: Also, you you completely denied my offer that you were going to pick a holiday. So I'm going to pick one. Uh, the new Netflix special is going to be about everybody partying hard for St. Patrick's Day.
1: Um, you didn't say St. Patrick's Day.
0: I just said St. Patrick's Day.
1: <laughs> it glitched out. And then I had a guess in my head, which was St. Patrick's Day. But then it, it It never came out what you said. So I just said what I said, but we said the same thing.
0: These glitches are very conveniently falling in your favor
1: today, Richard. Oh, wow.
0: Oh, you said you didn't want any cake. Uh, It was a glitch. I'll just eat this cake for you. Oh, you said you didn't want any money. Uh, It glitched out. I'll just take this money for you.
1: I owe you money.
0: Oh, yeah. That didn't. Is that a glitch? Is that a glitch on my end? If I (laughs) ask you about this later, you're going to say, no, that must have been a computer glitch. I've never offered you money. (laughs) That must have been a glitch. I'm sorry to say. (laughs) Okay, so this movie's like two hours long. I don't know why it's two hours long. It could have very easily have been an hour ten. Yeah,
1: or a Netflix miniseries.
0: They weren't doing that in 2011.
1: I know. That's why I think these movies are very unpopular, because they came out at the wrong time in the wrong format. But it was cute. I just, some of the plot lines were not worth watching or talking about.
0: The only good thing was just some of the select performances. Like we said, Yardley Smith has a great performance in this. Sarah Paulson's amazing in everything she does. Even even in her weird character yeah. as like a woman who wants to give birth at the stroke of midnight. She's amazing. Right. I I like Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Um I like Michelle Pfeiffer. I have not really seen a movie with Seth Meyers, so that was kind of fun.
0: I don't think he's really an actor.
1: I think he's a talk show host and a writer.
0: Yeah, when this came out, he was still doing SNL. So this was like his tiptoe into, he wasn't bad. It was just like, no, you're not, you're not an actor. And I like Sarah Jessica Parker's performance in this. I know some people find her to be, you know, annoying or one note, but in this, in this performance, I liked her. I thought she really did a good job as being a, a mom who's trying to track down her daughter. And she really walked that line of she is annoyed and frustrated that her teenager is openly disobeying her, but also understanding that her daughter's growing up and trying to kind of shepherd her through this next phase of uh, childhood
1: right and there's this absolute ridiculous character of someone else's one of her classmates moms that just follows them around New York and hides in the background she was ridiculous
0: I just wish they had introduced that concept earlier I thought that was funny that like oh oh the whole night you know they're they say it later like oh yeah you know Jeannie's mom is just like secretly following us the whole night and i thought you know that would make me feel better as sarah jessica parker's character if i was like oh oh yeah that mom i know from soccer has like been secretly trailing them from 10 feet away the whole night then have fun kids like you got a chaperone
1: (laughs) yeah because that was the whole idea sarah jessica parker was pretty convinced that they all wouldn't have a chaperone so she was being really protective and i gotta say Raising kids in New York City sounds terrible, so good on her for doing her best.
0: Yes. So, um... You
1: give it two thumbs.
0: I don't... I don't recommend this movie.
1: So is that, Um, like, a sideways? Like, you don't give it a thumbs down, right?
0: Uh, I'm gonna... I'm gonna give it one one throw of confetti and not a let the wind whisk the confetti out of your hand.
1: I'm going to give it um, a short in the ball. So it's just some of the lights are on. You could tell that it's the New Year's Eve ball, but it's not fully lit up. So not all the storylines deserve to be lit up. Just a few.
0: That's great. Short in the ball.
1: Shorten the ball is my (laughs) conclusion.
0: Well, everybody, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Enjoy, Enjoy your New Year's Eve. And we'll be back next year with another episode of Daily Chit Chat.
1: Bye. Oh, see you next year. Bye.